Jesus' name, I'm telling you, we serve a great God. A miracle-working, awesome, powerful, wonderful God. So I want, I want to teach, you know what, that's awesome. We, we need to pray. God, this is, this is what church is. We come together, we pray for each other, we care about each other, we lift each other up. And so I want to, how many of you have ever heard of the phrase, terms and conditions apply? Anybody ever heard of this? See, I was going to preach something different, but in the middle of the altar service, you could just feel the power of God fill this place. You could watch the love of God at work. And so um, I'm deviating a little bit. So Brother Gibbs, that message you said that I I talked about, well, (laughs) hopefully there's another way to record it and you can hear it later because that is not what you will hear right now. As a matter of fact, I won't be very long, so musicians don't go too far. Terms and conditions apply. I read this on just about everything, every time I sign a contract, every time I walk into a situation. Um, If I buy a refrigerator, I read this, terms and conditions apply. If I put a program on my computer, terms and conditions apply. It is so hard for us to imagine a situation or a God where terms and conditions don't always apply. We have a hard time understanding somebody or something that can love us unconditionally. I want to read a, some, a song. It's probably my favorite song of all time. And I want to read you these lyrics. It says this, Oh, love of God, how rich and pure. Those of you who are at least my age probably recognize these lyrics. He says, How measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Beautiful, beautiful song. Talk about the love of God. But many times, we don't go into the verse, which is probably my favorite part. It says, could we with ink the ocean fill? I want you to just think about it. Just picture it in your mind for a second. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? In other words, if the entire oceans were ink and the entire sky were a piece of paper. It says, would every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. What a beautiful way of talking about the incredible expanse of the love of God. This is not earth-shaking information to many of you. But for some of us, we need to remember how great the love of God really is. This isn't just the story we tell. It's, it's not just good words that we use. But the reality is that while I was yet a sinner, in other words, before I ever came close to God, He loved me enough to die on a cross for me. What an incredible, incredible thought. That while I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. I love it. Brother John was talking about how if I draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto me. I want you to use some of the ways that the Bible describes God to imagine what this scenario really truly looks like. If the earth is his footstool, that tells me that he has very big feet. Call me crazy. It's just the way my mind works. So my ability to draw nigh to God, this is what it looks like. I step forward and God is like, 
whoa, <laughs> right there. I want you to see the difference. It's not co-equal. It's not, it's not the same amount of energy. It's, it's my feeble walk forward as God rushes to me as quickly and as close as the mention of his name. Isn't that an incredible thing to think that no matter how far removed I am for God, I simply say, God, I need you. And oh, there he is right there in the blink of an eye. So I don't care what mistakes you've made today. I don't care how far you're trying to travel toward God. Understand, this is not about might and it's not by power, but it is by God's spirit that comes in like a rushing mighty wind and it fills the house where we are sitting in. The love of God, how rich and pure and how measureless and strong. The love of God surpasses understanding. It is amazing when we really think. I want you to think today, somebody, I don't know why, but quick into my spirit this morning, that somebody needs to know how much God loves them. Somebody needs to understand that it doesn't matter. You, you can try your best, and we do try our best. We present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. But no matter how much we try, it's still the grace of God. It is still the grace of God that comes rushing in like a rushing and mighty wind. I like to phrase it this way. I tell our church this all the time. I said, you know what? I have never jumped as high as Michael Jordan. Like, not even close. I might have had about three inches on my vertical at the height of my athletic prowess. At the most, I might be able to get it. And as a matter of fact, I used to wear like every new Jordan that would come out because I thought it made me jump higher. And the reality is, it didn't. I'm sorry to let you know this, but your newest tennis shoes don't make you jump any higher. They just make you look a little bit better. And so here we go. And, and you know what, no matter what, and you know what, here's the thing though, my son, he can jump much higher than I ever could. It's amazing. He still can't jump as high as Jordan, but he can jump much higher than I ever could. But neither one of us, no matter how much we try, no matter how much Jordan would try, we are both still so far away from the moon that it doesn't really make a difference. In other words, no matter if I'm religious and much closer to God than Brother John, even though I'm up here preaching, he might be sitting there, both of us are so far removed from our ability to really access God to the best of our ability without the grace of God. And so we sit there, we realize, you know, it doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how good he is. What matters is, oh, love of God, how rich and how pure. Oh, love of God. See, the subject I want that's weighing heavy on my heart, if we're going to preach on the love of God, I think we have to emphasize that love is active. Love is tangible. Love is action-oriented. Love is a choice that one has to make. It's not so much a feeling that we choose to have, but it's an action we have to have. Love is an action. It is not just an emotion. It is an action. And so as we look at this, Jesus says this. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You can find this in John 15, verses 12 through 13. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Because why? Greater love hath no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friend. I think we have a misnomer sometimes in our head when we think about opposites. So you look at it and we talk about the opposite of God. So you have two different extremes. The opposite of God is what? Love. 
See, we would think the devil, but there is no actual opposite of God. God is all powerful and all by himself. The opposite of the devil would actually probably be like Gabriel or Michael the archangel. It's, it's, it's much different to extremes. We, God has no opposite. And so we sit there and we think, what is the opposite of love? And the thing that comes to our mind automatically is hate. Hate would be the opposite of love, but that isn't necessarily the case. I want to I make a plea to you that, or a, a case for you that the opposite of love is actually indifference. Because at least with hate, there's some emotion there. There's, some, there's something there. There's some kind of feeling. There's some kind of thing that would move me one way or the other. But indifference where I just don't care. Let me tell you something. God has never been in a position where he just doesn't care. God has never been indifferent to you. He has always loved you. See, we sing songs about how great God is and how much we want to worship him. We sing songs about his wonder and mercy, and we talk about his miraculous power. We sing today about his healing. We speak about the need for lives to be changed, being filled with his spirit, being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. We speak about his love and his compassion, how he is all-powerful. How many of you have ever heard somebody describing God as all-powerful? He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. In other words, he is all-powerful. He is uh, omniscient, or he knows everything. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere present all at one time. So many things describe the greatness of God. How he created the earth out of chaos or out of nothing. And he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And he breathed into man and man became a living soul. And I am so thankful today for a God that became flesh, right? He robed himself in flesh and came and lived among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I am so thankful for God. How many of you are thankful for God today? Just raise your hand. You're thankful for God. So I look at it and I try to understand God. But one thing I don't understand. Why does he love me? I know that he loves me. We talk about the love of God. We sing about the love of God. We believe in the love of God. But we have a hard time wrapping our heads around this simple question. Why? Why would God love me? I understand that he paid a debt that I could not pay. And I understand that he does love me, but why? See, many of us come from backgrounds that seem unlovable. Many of us have done actions that make us feel like we would be unlovable. Many of us this week have thought things or done things or been in situations that would make us feel like there is no way that an almighty God who is that perfect could love me. Why does God love me? Why does an all-powerful, all-knowing God care about me? This is hard for me. At my root of my personality, I'm an insecure person. I'm loud. I try to be funny. I try to be in the middle of situations and be around people. But at the root of things, I'm an insecure person. I have to have validation even from my own wife all the time. Oh, honey, you look so good. Just come up and grab a muscle. Right? Why? Because I need validation all the time. I need somebody to come up and pat me on the back and say, oh, what a wonderful job. And it's hard for me to really wrap my head around a God who would love me no matter if I did a good job or not. 
It's hard for me to wrap my head around a God who would care about me if I didn't care about him. See, that's how we do. We are quid pro quo. You love me, I'll love you. Yet the Bible says that while I was yet a sinner, he loved me. What can separate us from the love of God? We can separate ourselves from the love of God, but nothing as an outside force has the ability to separate me from the love of God. See, I'm a nobody from nowhere who never deserved the grace of God. Maybe you're different, but let me tell you something. Even if you can jump higher than me, you're still far away from the moon. You're still far as removed away as I am from really deserving the love of God. Why did he lay down his life for me? Young people, I was so impressed today watching you guys create an atmosphere where the miraculous could happen. I'm telling you, you created an atmosphere simply by surrendering yourselves over and saying, God, I need you. But something you have to understand now, and that is God loves you. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. It's simple, but yet it's very hard for us to really, truly believe. John, 1 John 3 verse 1 says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God? And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. He didn't have to do it, but I'm glad he did. It's an old song. Again, I keep going back to old lyrics in my head. He didn't have to do it, but I'm so glad he did. 2 Samuel 24, verse 14 says this, And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, and not let me fall into the hand of man. One of the reasons why it's hard for us to believe in a God that loves unconditionally is because we know what it's like to be unloved by human beings. And we know what it's like to be disappointed by a friend or disappointed by a loved one or disappointed. And we know what it's like to lose somebody we love. We know what it's like to go through hurt and pains caused and created at the hands of others. And so it's very difficult. But let me describe what God is like. And this is not a mind-blowing concept. I understand that. Instead of love, or instead of love right here, I want you to put the, the name God. Put Jesus right here. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains, and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. I want to describe what God is like. Just, just for a second, I want to describe what God is like. God suffereth long and is kind. Oh man, that is so different than sometimes the interactions we've had with people. This is so different than sometimes how we've treated others. Let's not put all the blame on other people because we've done it to others as well. I know I have. I know you probably have as well. 
says this, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God never fails. I want you to look at this scripture in a little different way, and I'm not trying to create theology, theology, but I want you to understand the depths of the love of God. As our musicians come, we already had an altar call. God is moving in this place. You can feel the tangible presence of God in this place. You really can. Earlier, when I was preaching, I said this, and I I want you to, this phrase to kind of stick in your head, and that is, don't let your feelings take you back to where your faith brought you from. You can feel unloved. It doesn't mean you are unloved. You can feel like you don't belong. It doesn't mean that you don't belong. Your feelings are, are very powerful, and they lie to you a lot. I want you to understand that your feelings are very powerful and they lie to you a lot. We've come this far by faith. It takes faith to know that God loves you. It really does. And we can sit there and nod and and yet we're going to go home tonight. And I'm just, I'm telling you what it's like as a preacher. So I'm just going to assume that a lot of people fall in this category. We'll go home tonight and we'll, we'll believe it. We'll hear the message and then we'll find and we'll say, God, are you disappointed in me? God, do you really love me? God, why are you letting this happen? God loves you. God loves you. Somebody needs to really understand that. How many of you have ever felt unlovable? Can I just see your hand? If you've ever felt unlovable. How many of you have ever been unlovable? <laughs> okay, maybe that's a better question. <laughs> felt or not? Spouse, raise your other spouse's hand. <laughs> you have been unlovable, right? But do you realize that God loves you? He loves you if you've been living for him for a day. He loves you if you've been living for him for 40 years and have gotten frustrated with him. He loves you if you have failed. He loves you when you've succeeded. He loves you when you're reaching the lost. He loves you when you folded your arms and said, I ain't reaching nobody. He loves you. That is so hard for us to wrap our heads around, to really wrap our heads around that God loves you. As to the answer, why? There's another song that I want to take you to. It says, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But I'm glad, so glad he did. Let me give you the reason why God did it. You ready for this mind-blowing statement? I don't know. Now, I know this isn't something you're supposed to say from the platform because you're supposed to have all the answers when you're speaking from this point. Why did God love me? I don't know. Maybe I spend too much time trying to figure out why and not enough time appreciating that he does. Maybe we spend too much time Maybe we spend too much time coming to this altar right here or come to this altar over here begging and pleading God to forgive us and to love us rather than to coming up and saying, I don't know why you did it. I walked my baby girl down the aisle and I'm like, God, why did you allow this to happen to me when other people haven't had this opportunity? And my answer is, I don't know why. 
But God, I appreciate that you did. But you know what? I've been on the other angle of it. I've been on the other angle of it and I lost my father young. God, why did you do that? I don't know why. But God, you had my best intent and you love me. So I'm glad you did what you did because you do things perfect. So today I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we could do this today. I'm wondering instead of coming to an altar and begging God to love us, if we would come to an altar and just with our hands lifted up and say, God, I don't know why you do, but I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful and I'm so appreciative that, that my terms and conditions, God, that you love me when I am unlovable. You love me when I don't even love myself. You love me when I make mistakes. You love me when I make successes. You love me when we're building churches and you love me when I'm failing at what I'm trying to do. Can we stop getting our self-worth by how great we are and start getting our self-worth by how great God is? And God, you created me, you breathed into me and I became a living soul. So I'm wondering if we could stand up all over this place. This world is broken. Sin has tried to destroy every relationship that the Bible has ever used to describe how God loves us. I want you to see this. The Bible talks about the relationship of a father. And what has this world done? It has destroyed the way we view a relationship with a father. He talks about a mother hen who longs to gather you under the wings. And what has this world done? It's destroyed what people look up as the love of a mother. I want you to see this. It talks about the love of a friend, that God would lay down his life for a friend. And yet our world has it to where friends betray each other all the time and stab each other in the back. It talks about the love of a bride and a groom. And we are at over 50% divorce rate in our society. No wonder it's so hard for us to look about the love of God when all the relationships the Bible compares the love of God to have all been destroyed by this world. So I'm begging you, I'm asking you today, when you come, don't just view it as an unhealthy relationship. View it as a perfect, unadulterated, incredible love of God who has never failed. He will never leave you or forsake you, but he will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. I'm talking about an unconditional love. I'm talking about a love who loved you before you were ever even close to being unlovable. Come on, God is moving in this place. He's ministering to somebody. And I wanna ask you, would you come forward? Come on, wherever you're at, could you just come forward to this altar? Come on, can we lift up our hands? And can we just ask God, God, give me an understanding and an insight to what it looks like to be loved by you. Come on, Jesus, right now. We worship you, Lord. God, I thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's reach our hands out. Come on, you might not ever be able to fathom the reason why, but it's okay. No terms or conditions right now. Just you and God who loves you. You might have had the worst, most failing, miserable week. You might have had a successful week. You might have made the most mistakes you've ever made. But I'm asking you just to accept the love of God right now. Jesus, Lord, we worship you, Jesus. 
Oh, come on. Come on, let God minister to your spirits today. Come on, let him minister to your heart today. Jesus right now. Jesus right now.
no matter what we're going through, no matter who we are. Said he loves us. Say. Celebrated this house, the chains that have been broken, 
the healings that have taken place. Come on, he's worthy. The lives that have been raised to life. Hallelujah. This is where we find hope. This is where we find peace. It's only in your presence, oh God. some of the things that I'm trying to figure out in life and in the Word of God. It's okay to not know some things, but it's not okay to be ungrateful. And if we have a, an attitude of, of gratefulness, just look what God's doing. Look what He's doing around us. The, the day we've had, the service that we've had, it's just been a whole lot of fun. And great things are in store for this group of people. Mimi, we're rejoicing with you. Got filled with the power of God. Just an incredible day. And there was a there was a baptism, right? I missed the baptism. Hopefully you didn't miss it, but just fun. Isn't this fun? I don't I don't want to go to a church where where there's not life. Where God's, you know, God's doing some things here. And we're gonna keep pursuing and keep striving after the Spirit of God and that His will would be done in Sterling Heights as it is in heaven. It's a fun journey. And I'm glad to be on it with all of you. Lord, we are so thankful. God, let there always be a spirit of gratitude in this room and in our hearts. God, you, you've been far better than we deserve. Yes. Lord, there's no way we could ever qualify, Lord, to belong to you, to be a part of this body of Christ, to experience your mercy and your forgiveness and your love, your compassion, your healing. Oh, mighty Jesus. You're the very best thing that ever happened to me. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that I get to serve you, that I get to know you, that I get to live a life set aside, pleasing unto you. Please help me and help all of us to do it with a little bit more excellence. Lord, for you are deserving of nothing less than my very best. Please be with us all as we leave your house today. God, I know that we are taking you with us. We are taking your love with us, your peace and comfort with us. But help us, mighty God, help us. Because we have the high honor to be your ambassadors. It's not enough for us to feel this way in your house and then to leave on a Sunday only to come back a Monday or a life group or, God forbid, the next Sunday. We have to take what we feel in this room the power that we have experienced 
and trying to find somebody else who doesn't know you, who doesn't know this even exists. For you must, mighty God, return to a house that is full, that is without spot, and that is without blemish. Help us today to do it better, to do it at a greater capacity as you see fit. Lord, we trust you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.